As a nonprofit leader, you probably have goals for your organization. You might even have goals for yourself according to what your boss, your board, your director wants you to do. They're on your performance appraisal. But do you have goals for yourself that overlap work and life? Who you are, how you show up for work, and are you sure that those goals are going to actually help you get what you want this year? We are going to cover the 10 mistakes that you may be making when you're setting your goals this year and then how to set goals that are actually going to help you be effective, more engaged as a leader, more authentically connected to who you are and how you show up as a leader, and perhaps happier and healthier and more balanced in your personal life. Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. The first mistake that we often make is that we actually don't even set goals. I was at a meeting the other night, we were talking about resolutions and around the room, many people were saying, I don't set resolutions if I need something, I just do it when I need it. Goals are not important, resolutions, we just forget about them. And there's a lot of truth to that. But that does not mean that we don't need goals. We are teleological beings, meaning we need a target. We are always aiming for something. And if you don't have a clear target, you're wandering around aimlessly. So you need to set goals for yourself. That's the first mistake we make is that we don't actually set goals. The second mistake is that we don't write them down. If you just keep goals in your head, you are way less likely to achieve your goals. You need to write them down. There's something around this mind-body connection of writing, and yes, you can type them, but they need to be written down. So first mistake we make is we don't have goals. Second mistake is we don't write them down. So I want you to commit to writing goals, and I want you to find a place to write them down. The third mistake we make in the nonprofit sector is that we separate life and leadership. And we have goals for work and we have goals for life. Hopefully you have both. But actually, they're often one and the same. And we need to create goals that connect the two. Your workplace goals that have been created based on the role you're in, what's happening in your organization, those are important. The goal to get through accreditation this year, the goal to revise these policies, the goal to get your new program set up and running, important goals. Maybe there are some goals there around training. I need to get to this next level of certification. I want to take these courses, all good but are strictly around that role, that position that you're in. Take it further. Who are you becoming while you're doing those things? What's the type of leader you want to be? How are you going to be more authentic, leading with integrity? What are the character traits you want to develop in yourself as you lead? Those are those personal and professional development goals that I'm talking about. Personal, professional, but one word, put it together. What are your personal professional goals that you want to create? Those are the ones that I'm most interested in. And I hope you're going to start to really think about how you create those. So what I find with many of the women that I work with, they struggle with those difficult conversations. They struggle with managing their emotions. They're challenged with how do I get it all done when I'm doing the job of two people, trying to do more with less, productivity is an issue, how do I prioritize? Those are all important goals. I want you to have those goals. And those are things that happen sort of out here, 
but come from in here. Who is the person setting boundaries? What do you need to learn, grow, develop in yourself to set those boundaries? So create goals, write your goals down, but create goals that combine that personal professional part of you that will help you become the person you're becoming from now till the next step in your career, whether that's the same organization or not. As you evolve, as you grow, as you become a better version of yourself, who do you need to be? How do you need to show up? Those are the goals we're talking about. Mistake number four is that we don't create a plan of how we're going to achieve those goals. More on that in a minute. I'm going to get to that in more detail. But the goal itself is just a dream. It's just a thing, uh, something you want to achieve. But how are you going to achieve that? What are the things you need to do? What do you need to learn? How do you need to grow? How do you need to shift to get there? So a sentence or a statement is the goal. The plan is much more evolved. And again, we're going to get to that in a moment. Mistake number five is maybe you've got the goal and the plan, but you're missing the right components of that plan. And again, we're going to touch on this in a moment, but there are things within that plan that are really going to help you create the container, the environment, the the structure, the, the things that are going to help you achieve that goal that you want. Stay tuned, we're going to get into that one. The sixth mistake that we often make is that we only create annual goals. And I'm really of the frame of mind that yes, we have annual goals, but 90 days is where we're most effective. I want you to take your annual goals and I want you to break it into what am I going to do in regards to this goal in the next 90 days. 90 days, we know what holidays we've got coming up, whether we're in the middle of year end or summer. We know what's happening in our organization, where we're at budget wise. We have a sense in the next 30 days of how much time we're going to have, what resources we have to commit to things. And so when we can take those bigger goals, break them up and put them into those 90-day chunks, we're much better able to achieve what we're looking at achieving. So create your goal, write it down, make sure it's a personal professional goal. Think about how you're going to achieve that. Make sure that we're creating the plan. And again, we're going to get to this in a moment of including all the components that are going to help us achieve that. And then chunk it down into 90-day segments. What am I going to do in the next 90 days? Number seven, the mistake that we often make is we don't tell anyone about our goals. Now, there is tons of evidence that says you should not tell the majority of people about your goals because a lot of people will just knock them down, diss it, say you can't do that. But it is important to have some accountability. So who are you telling that you're going to achieve that goal? Think about one or two people that you feel really safe with, that you know will support you, that maybe will encourage you to do that thing. It's one of the things I love supporting my clients with because often there's not a lot of trustworthy people in your world that you're going to tell some of your biggest goals or they're going to be like, that's weird. Why are you working on that? So I love helping hold people accountable. Also in my membership, the training library, we meet once a month. And so that's a great place to kind of talk to some of the other women running nonprofits, women struggling with the same things you are and share those insights. It's lonely in leadership. Sometimes we need to create those communities where we can feel safer and share some of those vulnerable truths that we're working through and the goals we're working on. So if you have not told anyone your goals, think about who can I share my goals with that I can trust and feel is gonna support me. The eighth mistake that we make is we don't review our goals. We write them down, we write these detailed plans, and then we never look at them again. Or maybe we look at them a few times, 
but not consistently. If you want to be radically successful, wildly successful, if you want to get to this next place, if you want to achieve this thing, if you want to make this shift internally, you must review your goals on a regular basis. 90-day plans really help us break it down into three months and then weekly and maybe even daily. So if we're looking at, this is what I want to achieve in the next 90 days, maybe you just want to finish reading a book. Okay, I will, I, if I wait till the end, I'm never going to get it done. I know that here in the middle of this next 90 days, I have some time that I could really get that book read, or that I know I can get a good chunk of it read. So you break it down. I'm going to work on reading that book in these, this two-week period. I'm on a flight. I've got some time. I'm at a conference. I know that I can do it in between sessions, whatever works for you. Maybe it's a downtown at work and you're going to do it in the mornings. But when are you going to do it? You figure that out. And then you know that you can schedule it in during that time. So that in that 90 days, I know that I'm going to get it done there. That weekly review, that monthly review, into that quarterly review helps you go, do, am I still aligned with that? Is that time frame still right? Maybe I'm not going to that conference anymore. Maybe something has popped up in that time and now I'm gonna be really busy writing a proposal then, or maybe we're suddenly short staff and I'm having to cover shifts. It gives you that opportunity to rejig that goal and say, that's not gonna work. Maybe Saturday mornings is the time that I need to read that book. A regular review cycle helps you keep it front and center in your brain. It also helps you course correct. So here I am, I'm going there. Oh, wait a minute, there's a roadblock there. I gotta go around that. And if you wait till that end of that 90 days or the end of the year, there's no chance of you course correcting. You have to do regular reviews. In my membership, the training library, I have a whole webinar on your quarterly review process. I help you walk through creating that that strategy, your goals, your plans, your action, and then I help you review it every quarter and break it down into monthly and weekly. And here is mistake number nine. We don't celebrate our wins, successes, our achievements. We hit a target, we achieve something, we get somewhere, we're like, yay, a next thing. Um, or yay, and we move on to the covering the shift or dealing with that next fire that we have to do. We have to slow down and actually celebrate our wins. There are some incredible things that we uh, have accomplished. There are some challenges that we've got through. I'm often in coaching sessions, I'll be like, wait, 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 time out. What did you just say there? Like that was an incredible thing that you just did, that you accomplished, that you got through. I had a client yesterday who has come, oh God, we've been working for two and a half years together now. And in the beginning, she was like literally bawling on every single call. It was a disaster, toxic environment. She really pulled herself out of that. And she's become a much more conscious leader. She slows down more. She does that pause, that ponder, that pivot. And something happened before Christmas and it really kind of aggravated her. And she knew that she was hooked. She knew that something got her and it was kind of holding her. As we were talking, she said, I know that I didn't wasn't like that before. I know that before it would have got me hooked and I would have went down that path. And we paused and she actually caught herself. She goes, I know that's something that I've really grown, an area that I've grown in. And she, because she's done this work, is really honoring the steps she's taken. She's really acknowledging the progress she's made. She's really recognizing how she's grown and developed. And if we look at 
day by day, it's not much. But man, when we look, you know, a year, we can be like, wow, that shifted. Or three months, that's really shifted. And so the mistake we make is not honoring that growth, that progress that we've made. That's mistake number nine. Mistake number 10 is not acknowledging the failures. We need to celebrate failures. I was taking notes yesterday as I was listening to Dr. Benjamin Hardy's YouTube video, and he said, it does not matter if you hit the target. The target is a tool for transforming your strategy, your mindset, your actions. The target, if we never reach the target, that's okay. It's the journey that matters. It's the process of getting there that is growing us. When I was talking to my client yesterday about the journey she's been on, we sort of recognized it's the suffering that grows us. It's those challenges, those difficult times. It is those failures, those times we flounder, where we fumble, that most growth happens. Those are the catalysts for getting us to that next stage. And so we need to be celebrating those. So 10 mistakes that we make, let me read them again. We don't have goals, we don't write our goals down. We don't have personal professional goals combined, those combined. We don't create a plan for how we're going to achieve those goals. We don't include the right components. And again, we're gonna talk about this in a moment of how we're going to achieve those. We only make annual goals. I want you to think about 90 day goals. We don't review our progress regularly. We don't celebrate our wins, successes, and achievements, and we don't celebrate our failures. If you flip those all around and do those things instead of don't do those things, you're gonna have an incredible year this year. If one of your goals this year is around being more productive, I have a guide sheet that I'm gonna link below around my favorite productivity books. So you can grab that, get all of my favorite productivity books so that if that's your goal this year, you can be more productive this year. I suggested that one of the things we don't do is create a plan and we don't create a plan with the relevant components. What are the relevant components? The first relevant component is the one that most of us get. It's the outcome. It's the thing we want to achieve. It's the goal, the target. That's important. We need to write that down. We need to indicate that. We need to say that. But the second component is the inner shift in you that needs to happen to get there. What's the mindset shift? We all know we want to lose weight, become more healthy, become more balanced. Those things are said again and again and again. And many of us have recited that as a goal over and over and over again. But what's going to be different this time? It's not the app. It's not the gym. It's not the schedule that you're going to create. It's something in here that shifts that helps you believe that you can do that, that helps you see it a different way, that creates that possibility in your mind. So what's the outcome, but what's the mindset shift you need to make? And then the third component of that plan that the majority of people miss is what's the habits you need to cultivate to make that mindset shift to achieve that outcome. What do you need to do regularly? on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on an hourly basis? What are the things that you need to do that are gonna help you shift your mindset to do the thing that's gonna help you achieve that goal? Let's walk through a couple examples. Perhaps you want to get better at prioritizing. That's the outcome. You wanna get done what is most important when it's most important. So that's that prioritizing. What's the one thing I need to be working on now and get the rest of that distracting stuff out of the way? That's the outcome you wanna achieve. But what's the mindset shift? Why haven't you done this before? What's getting in the way? What's the thing you believe, the, the thought you have that gets in the way 
of being that prioritized person. It might be that you need to focus. And if you need to learn to focus, it's around shutting those distractions off. One habit you might want to cultivate is to practice meditation. By practicing meditation on a regular basis, you learn to focus, you learn to eliminate distractions. Itch, like wanting to itch during meditation is a distraction. It's the same itch like grabbing your phone and checking social media. When you practice meditation on a daily basis, you will get better at focusing and prioritizing when you're at work. So the habit you might need to cultivate is the habit of meditation. And it's like, really? That's gonna help me focus more? It just might. Perhaps the mindset shift that you need to make is it's okay to say no. It's okay when somebody knocks on my door, sticks their head in, can you help me? I need you to do this to say, actually, no, I can't. I'm focusing on this project right now. And if you can give me 10 minutes to finish, then I'll come help. Ooh, being able to say no is a big mindset shift for some of us. It's okay to say no. I don't need to be so immediately responsive. 10 minutes is not going to change the world. It's okay to shut my door. Those thoughts can be big mindset shifts that you need to make happen. And so the goal is to be better at prioritizing you are wanting to learn to say no more. What's the habit you need to create? I need to create the habit of saying, let me think about it. I need to create the habit of saying, I need time before I answer you. Changing that automatic yes to a maybe, perhaps, let me think about it, is a habit you need to cultivate. And so the habit might be, if I've said yes, I need to go back and rewrite it, practice in my journal, rewrite it. How would I have said no? So you just start by rethinking a scenario and that's almost priming you for the next situation. And then the next situation, you're like, yes, oh, wait, 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 no, I'm learning to say no. And so you walk yourself through it. You narrate it for the person that you've said yes to. I'm learning to say no. I know my automatic response is always yes. I'm creating the habit of slowing my answers down. So you can see how the outcome, the mindset shift, and the habit are all connected and all parts of what you need to include in your plan. So again, if you're looking for my favorite productivity books, grab the link below and you can get those. Okay, one more example to help you understand what are the parts, the components that need to be in your plan. Perhaps the outcome is that you want to spend more time in learning and development this year. You're a learner, you like to learn, grow, develop, and you never seem to find time for that. So that's the outcome that you want. The internal shift that you need to make is that it's okay to do learning and I don't need to hide it from people. It's not something I have to do after hours or when nobody's looking or in my spare time, which I never seem to find. It's okay, and this is the mental mindset shift you need to make, it's okay to do learning on work time. There is a quote I love about this from Brian Kane. He says, when you stop getting better, you start getting bitter. And often that's what's happening for us in leadership. We are learners, we get into the field, we're in courses, we take training in university, we, we do stuff, we love to learn, and then we get busy. And part of that busyness is we have kids and we're in our career and we're covering shifts and we're trying to do too much and the role has expanded and we stop the learning. We spend the majority of our time fighting fires and we've missed that inner desire in us to learn and grow and sometimes that 
desire to actually make a difference. We're lost in the paperwork of it. So we need to bring back those passion parts, the meaningful work. And part of that might be learning for you. So the shift is I need to believe it's okay to be a learner in this role, that I don't have to know it all, that I don't have to be perfect, that it's okay for me to do this on work time. Those are some of the mental shifts you need to make. So the outcome is you want to do more personal and professional development. The inner shift you need to make is that it's okay, it's okay for me to do it, it's okay on work time. The habits are around cultivating the space to do that. Lots of my clients will do an hour on a Thursday afternoon or 10 minutes every morning or whatever the time frame is for you that you create the habit of putting into your calendar space for learning. You might also create a habit of documenting your learning journey. So in your journal or your notebook or your daytime or at the back, you have a page for this is what I've been learning. These are the books I've read. These are the courses I've taken. These are the worksheets I've finished. Some sort of documentation to mark the journey that you've been on around learning. And again, that's part of celebrating the wins. That's also part of celebrating the failures because you're like, man, I wanted to read five books this quarter and I've barely got through one. Back to that quote from Dr. Benjamin Hardy, it doesn't matter if you hit the target. What matters is you're like, oh, I didn't hit the target and you recalibrate. Okay, maybe five books is too much. Maybe three is more accurate. And maybe I need to change the times that I want to read those books. Or maybe the the reading the book, what doesn't work for me, maybe I need to do an audio version or maybe I need to get it on my Kindle. It gives you the opportunity to rethink your goal, to course correct, to adjust so that you are going to achieve the goals you desire. The goal isn't to read books. The goal is to become more learned, to grow yourself, to develop the capacity. That's the outcome you want. Reading five books doesn't really matter. Maybe you end up only reading one, but you study it and you practice the ideas in it. You're going to take more away from that than reading five books. Maybe you realize books isn't the thing that I can do. I like podcasts and I'm going to learn from podcasts. That is the, the point in this is that I have an outcome and I look at what's the mindset shift I'm trying to create, the habits, and then that 90-day review, break it down into monthly, weekly reviews. Where am I at? How am I doing? Do I need to course correct? That's going to get you to where you want to go. So create goals. Write those goals down. Make sure those goals incorporate both your personal professional together. How are you growing as an individual, both in leadership and life? Create a plan. Include those components. What's the outcome I want? What's the mindset shift I need to make? And what are the habits I need to create? Break that down into 90-day cycles. Break that down into 30-day weekly cycles so that you're reviewing it on a regular basis. Tell somebody what the goals are. Create a sense of accountability. Celebrate your wins and successes and celebrate your failures. It's when you create goals, plans, strategies with those components that's really going to help you get to that next level, become the best version of yourself, lead in a way that is authentic to you and feels good to you. And that's, my dear, what's going to move you from surviving to thriving in both your leadership and life. Go make the rest of your day awesome. If you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the Training Library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, 
you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com slash library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome.